But uh, anyway, thank you, Brother John, for getting us back where we need to be. All right, praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles this morning. John chapter, I'm sorry, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. We've been uh, uh, kind of going through some of the book of Joshua uh, when we've been having our prayer on the property. By the way, let me just say something about that. Last Thursday night, we had that service out there. That was a precious, precious service. Amen. And uh, we met out on the property. God gave us a perfect evening for it. And uh, we uh, sung some courses. I shared a few truths out of the book of Joshua, and then literally, folks, we walked the perimeter of where that new building is going to sit, praying and asking God to provide for us, amen? And uh, I love it. And the reason we're looking at the book of Joshua through some of that is because God promised to give Joshua and the people of Israel the place where their feet trod at, amen? And we're claiming those promises. And it ain't, may not be Canaan land, but it's the promised land for us that God's given us. And so we're going to claim the promises. Amen? So uh, those will happen on the fourth uh, Thursday nights of the month. Now, this month it was the third because we're going to be gone. Uh, but the most fourth Thursday nights of the month uh, now through September. So come out there and join us at that, and we'll have a good time with that. Joshua chapter 4, if you find your place, stand with us together as I read the Word of God to us. Uh, we're going to look at the first ten verses of Joshua chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, Take you thence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet uh, stood firm. There you go, where their feet were at. Twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. And Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared to the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord uh, your God in the midst of Jordan. Take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribe of the children of Israel, and carried them over uh, with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, and the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood. And they are there unto this day. But the priest which but bare the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until, it, until everything was finished after that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak to the children, uh, speaking to the people according to Moses commanded Joshua, and the people hastened and passed over. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, for the precious, precious word of God. Now, Lord, as we turn our attention to it, we ask that you speak to us through it. God, we ask that you convict our hearts through it. Lord, if someone doesn't know you as their personal Savior, God, would you save them today, Lord? Would you, would you draw them to yourself? Holy Spirit, do what only you can do, and that's work on the heart. And I pray that you bless us now, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, uh, of course, I'm not going to be here next Sunday. And uh, I don't do this every time uh, coming up to a major holiday, but a lot of times I do. I will uh, look at different things and, and kind of preach along those lines. And uh, since I won't be here next Sunday, I want to share uh, with you uh, a, a message that's going to a little bit co commemorate uh, what our country celebrates a week from Monday, and that is a holiday known as Memorial Day. 
And, uh, you know, folks, there's something about remembering. There's something about remembrance. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about it. And even our, our nation's history uh, uh, points to that. And about just there's, there's certain times where we take time out to remember. To remember. Now, I have been uh, to Washington, D.C. Uh, to what's known as the memorials. And there's a reason they're called that, by the way. It's a place you can go to look at something that stirs your mind to think about something that happened. By the way, that's important. And I've been there. I've seen them. I've, I've touched them. I've witnessed to them. By the way, that's a sacred place. Amen? Sacred place. Uh, those, uh, if you've never been there, I would encourage you to maybe try to go there and see that. I remember the very first time I saw the Vietnam War Memorial. And all the memorials, folks, literally uh, move you as an American. Or, by the way, they ought to. Amen? Yeah. They ought to. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, folks, regardless what this stinking, wicked, liberal culture tries to tell us, yeah. this country, there was a price paid for us to have what we have. Amen? Yeah. By the way, if they don't like it, pack up and move. Amen? And I'll gladly help you pack up and get out of this country. Let me tell you something, folks. This country was founded on the God of the Bible. Amen? Listen, they can try to erase that all they want, but nothing can change that. It's etched in stone all across our nation's capital. Amen? I've been there. I've seen that wall. I've touched it. I, I, I've seen the, uh, the Korean War Memorial. I've seen the uh, World War II Memorial. I've seen all the different things that are there. Let me tell you something, folks. It moves you. Amen? I've been to Arlington National Cemetery. I've seen that row after row of those crosses. I've been to the tomb of the unknown soldier. That means something. Amen? And our country is going to, uh, Lord willing, if the if, uh, uh, Lord allows us to, celebrate that a week from this coming Monday. It's important to think about these things. It's important to remember them. Well, folks, listen. Just as there's some things that as Americans we should never forget, you know there's also some things as Christians we should always remember as well? And here's the title of the message this morning. Things you can't afford to forget. Things you can't afford to forget. Now listen, we as human beings are, have faulty memories, okay? In fact, we men are real good at using this as an excuse. Oh, I'm sorry, honey, I forgot, all right? In fact, man, shame on me. I'm preaching myself this morning. I said those words to my wife this week. She asked me about something. I was like, oh, babe, I forgot, amen? And maybe I didn't forget. Maybe I just said that, right? Well, who knows, right? We, you know, we as human beings sometimes... Generally, we really forget. Sometimes we use that as an excuse to blame it on our faulty memory. But regardless, folks, let me just tell you this. There's some things in the Christian life you cannot afford to forget. You can't afford. In fact, our story right here, God told the children of Israel as they crossed over that Jordan to do something particular. He told them when that Jordan dried up to take out of the midst of Jordan some stones. And by the way, these weren't just little pebbles. These, these were some stones of good size. They were to bear them upon their shoulders. They were to take them. And when they got to the other side, they were to place them there. Why? As a memorial. So they could tell their children the great things God had done for them. And by the way, there's still some things today that in our lives as Christians, God says you can't afford to forget. So let me give you simply three things today that you cannot afford to forget. Number one, you can't afford to forget the place that God has brought you from. You can't afford to forget the place that God has brought you from. You will. Take your Bibles. We're not too far from there. And I won't have you turn to every scripture, but some of it I will. Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. Of course, the nation of Israel, 
uh, was uh, a special people. They were called out by God as His chosen people, a very unique nation. By the way, let me just stop, stop and say this. I like to say it from time to time. They're still God's chosen people. Amen? And I know for the most part, most of the nation has turned their back on God. But let me tell you, folks, there's coming a day where they're going to be turned back to God. Amen? And they're still God's chosen people. And let me just say this, all right? Even as an American Christian, we better stand with Israel. We better stand yep, with them. Because right. let me tell you something, folks. If we turn our back on the nation of Israel, God's judgment comes to this country. Right. It's been charted down through history. The fact that when America, American politicians make, make uh, uh, policies that are against the nation of Israel, particularly trying to pressure them into giving up their land, let me tell you, God's judgment comes to America. Yep, it happens. Right. And we ought to stand with them. They're God's chosen people. They were then. They still are now. Exodus chapter 13. Look what it says in verse 3. The Bible says, And Moses said unto the people, Notice this now, Remember this day, in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out from this place, there shall no leavened bread be eaten. Of course, this is the context of the Passover. And the point of the Passover was for them to remember some things that God had done for them. And then, now you don't have to turn there, but just a couple more verses. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, it says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 18, But shalt well remember what the Lord did, the, what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. And all throughout the Scripture, you find God telling him to remember. By the way, what was that about? Amen? As God brought out the, the children of Israel through the wilderness to the promised land, why was He always remember about Egypt? I'll tell you why. He wanted them to know and remember and think about the place He had brought them out from. Amen? And let me tell you, by the way, folks, think about that. He brought them out of Egypt. What does Egypt in the Bible represent? It represents the world. What was Egypt? It was a place of bondage, a place of slavery, taskmasters, cruelty, working so somebody else could enjoy the fruits of their labor. Hey, listen, that's what was going on in Egypt. Yep. In fact, the Bible tells us that, sir, here's this word, with rigor. And listen, it was not an easy thing that they were going through. It was a difficult circumstance. They were under bondage. But God said, listen, I'm going to bring you out from that. Egypt was a place of no hope, no peace, no freedom, no happiness, no future. No wonder God wanted to bring them out from that. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something. As Christians, we need to remember what it is God has brought us from. You say, wait a minute, preacher, I was never in bondage. I was never a slave. I never had a taskmaster over me. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, yes, we did. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Let me tell you something, folks. Every single one of us were under bondage. Amen? We were under bondage to, to self. We were under bondage to sin. But praise God, He brought us out of that stuff. Amen? When I was a young teenager, around 13 years old, I went to a youth rally, and I heard an evangelist preach. His name was Jim Smith. Anybody ever heard that name before? Amen? Uh, he, was, uh, he gave his testimony. And his testimony was called, From Dope to Hope. He told the story of how as a young man, he tried marijuana for the first time and then began lacing it with other drugs to experience greater heights. Of course, with the 
Drug life comes certain associations, and he went from drug user to drug dealer. As his network increased, he began to ride a motorcycle, and he became the founder and the president of the St. Louis chapter of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Gang. Not the type of person you probably want your kids around, amen? As his life of crime and mayhem continued, one thing also continued, the prayers and persistence of a saved mother. She would have him over for coffee and ask him to come to church with her. Over and over again, he would leave her house angry. He would uh, uh, fire up his Harley right off into his drug dealing, motorcycle gang terrorizing life. The one thing he could never drown out with the drugs and booze was the love of his mama who wanted to see her son accept Jesus Christ as his Savior. Finally, after almost tricking him into coming to church, he promised to step foot into the church and listen to a preacher preach the Word of God. Under great Holy Spirit conviction, he walked the aisle and accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior. Then God began to work on Brother Della Smith, changed his life, saved him, set him on a path, and called him to preach. Amen? And he began traveling the country, preaching, and giving his testimony about the place God had brought him from. You say, well, preacher, I've never been a drug user or drug dealer. I've never belonged to a Hell's Angel motorcycle gang. But folks, let me say this. It doesn't matter where necessarily you come from. It doesn't necessarily matter what your story may be. It takes just as much grace to save you as it did a person like Jim Delishman, who was a Hell's Angel motorcycle drug dealer. Amen? Just as much grace to save you. Amen? Listen, no matter what your background, no matter where you came from, never forget what God has brought you from. Amen? Listen, I hope you think back and remember the day you got saved. I hope in your mind you can think back and, and praise God for the moment in time you accepted Jesus Christ as your Amen. Savior. And I understand, yep. there may be you may not remember the exact moment or the exact day, but listen, if Jesus Christ saved you, you'll know it. Amen? You'll yep. know it. Right. If you're here today and you can't think back of that time in your life and you say, well, preacher, I think I've just always been a Christian or I just, uh, you know, I, I, I remember going to church, but you can't remember the moment in time and you don't know that there's been a moment in time. You need to get saved today. Amen. Yep. You need to have something you can look back to and remember where God has brought you from. So listen, church, you can't afford to forget it. Amen. Amen. You can't afford to forget the place God has brought you from. Number two, let's take our Bibles. We're close. Go to Numbers chapter 15. Numbers chapter 15. Number two, we can't afford to forget the prominence of His commands. The prominence of His commands. The place He has brought us from. Number two, the prominence of His commands. Numbers chapter 15. I'm just going to read a couple verses to you here. Beginning in verse 37. Numbers chapter 15, verse 37. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Speaking to the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, that they may put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that you may look upon it, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them. That you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go a whoring, that you may remember, there's that word, remember, and do all my commandments, and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Now God commanded His people to do something what we may think uh, would be a little bit odd, a little bit strange. By the way, you know what? God really wasn't interested in what everybody thought. He just wanted certain things done. Amen? By the way, He still wants certain things done. 
regardless of what people think. We just need to do what God commands. But note what he commanded here for the children of Israel was upon the fringes of the borders of their garments, okay? So would be upon maybe their their uh, sleeves here, the end of the sleeve, and maybe the, the end of the border uh, of their the, the robe or what they wore. He wanted them to put upon them a, a fringe that was a ribbon of blue, okay? So their garments were hemmed out in blue is what it's telling us here, okay? The end of their garment had blue on it. By the way, that was for a reason. That was for a purpose. By the way, God always does things for a reason. He always does things for a purpose. He never tells us to do something because if there's not a reason behind it. Amen? And by the way, parents, let me just stop here and take a quick rabbit trail. That's why you need to teach your kids how to obey. By the way, you shouldn't have to explain to them 50 times why. You ought to say, do it, and they ought to do it. Amen? You've got to train them that way. It's important that we do that as parents. Okay? Why is that? Because God's a good parent. He did that for His children. And we ought to do it as good parents for our children. Amen? Because the Bible uh, says we ought to do that. But the point in this, folks, was the reason there was this fringe of blue. It says specifically, so that they could remember. Amen? They to remember. They were to remember, as it says here in verse 39, all the commandments of the Lord. All the commandments of the Lord. Let me just say this, church. There's things in life you can forget and be okay about. You know, it's not that huge of a deal. There are some things you can't afford to get that are a big deal. Amen? And let me tell you, one of the things that that is as Christians is the prominence of the commands of God. Listen, you can't afford to forget that stuff. There's things that God has given us in His Word, and you can't let it slip your mind. You shouldn't let it slip your mind. You ought to make it a priority so you can remember. By the way, it just wasn't about remembering. Oh, yeah, I remember what God commanded me in the Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah, I remember that I'm not supposed to have any other gods before me. Oh, I remember I'm not supposed to make any graven images. Oh, I remember I'm not supposed to take the name of the Lord my God in vain. Oh, I remember I'm not. I'm supposed to keep the Sabbath day and, and, and keep it holy. No, it wasn't just so they could remember. Here's what else he says. That ye do them. Do them. Listen, it's just not a matter of, oh yeah, I got it up here in my head. Oh no! God says it ought to go from here, it ought to translate to action in your life. Yep. By the way, God's a God of action. Amen? Mm-hmm. By the way, He proved that to us, did He not? He didn't just say He loved the world. He didn't just say He wanted to forgive us. Oh no! The Bible says in that, why are we yet sinners? Christ died for us. Amen? Yep. God did exactly. He didn't just say it, He proved it. By the way, that's why he expects for us to live. Amen? Too many Christians want to treat the Word of God and the commands of Scripture like a buffet. Yep. Amen? Like, like it's golden corral. Oh, yeah, I'll have some of this, but yeah, I don't think that's to my liking. Yeah. Oh, I like this part. Oh, that part. Oh, I ain't touching that with a 10-foot pole. Too many Christians treat the Word of God that way. They want to obey what's easy for them to obey. Come on now. Come on. By the way, just a reminder, you're going to buy the preaching church here. Amen. Okay? you got a preacher who's got a backbone who ain't afraid to preach the Word of God. Okay? So you can suck it up, buttercup, and be glad that someone's willing to preach the Word of God to you and uh, and uh, thankful that, yeah, thank God i got a preacher who tells me the truth. Amen? By the way, ain't nobody here owns me. Ain't nobody owns me. Okay, this church could quit paying me today and I'd still keep preaching the Word of God. Because listen, I don't answer to you, I answer to Him. Amen? It's important that we stand on truth and we preach truth. By the way, I'm glad I got a church that, for the most part, you like hearing the truth. Amen? Amen. Now, some of you may not, but that's okay. It ain't going to change it. I didn't call you and ask you whether or not I would preach this or not. Amen? (laughs) Amen? That's never happened, nor will it ever happen. 
Listen, the Bible says, God says, we ought to take heed to the commands of God. Amen? Amen. And do that. Listen, the Christian life, the Word of God's not a buffet. Amen? Who cares whether we like it or not? I think God knows us better than we know ourselves. And if the Word of God says to do it, come on now, we ought to be doing it. If the Word of God says we shouldn't be doing it, we shouldn't be doing it. You say, you really believe that? Oh yeah, I really believe that. Amen? And I do my best to live that way. I don't bat a thousand, neither do you. I'm going to tell you, one of the things I want to be in my Christian life is consistent. Amen? Consistent. Let me tell you, folks, if the Bible tells you to do something that's different from your opinion... Guess what? The Bible's right, you're wrong. Yep, yep, God's right, and I'm wrong. If the Bible has a different opinion than I do, tells me to do so well, I just don't see it that way. Well, bless your little heart. God's right, you're wrong. Yeah, that's simple. Well, well, well that just I just don't think I like that. Well, guess what, folks? There's things in the Bible I don't like either. But you know what? God didn't ask my opinion before He put it in. God says, this is my eternal, inspired, preserved Word. Obey it! We ought to be more concerned about obeying the Word of God than thinking what everybody else in our life thinks. How come we always consider everybody else's opinion except God? He's the one that gets left out. Well, let me tell you how we ought to be living. What does God think? What does God want me to do? If my life don't back up to that, then you know what? I'm going to change and I'm going to obey the Word of God. You know why Christianity's in a mess today? Because we don't remember or we don't like to think about the, that the commands of God are supposed to be the prominent things in our lives. Amen? Again, folks, the Bible's not just some archaic book we have sitting on a coffee table somewhere because we're Christians. Oh, no. God gives us His Word so that we can take it and apply its principles to our lives. Are you one of those Bible literalists? Yes, I am. Now, I think as a Christian, the Bible tells us, you've got to study to show yourself approved unto God. Amen? And listen, you got to, here's the scripture word, rightly divide the word of truth. you got to rightly divide. Okay, you got to study. You can't take scripture out of context and just make it say what you want it to say. Amen? Listen, but if you put it all together, I'll promise you this, the Bible never contradicts itself. It always completes itself. And listen, you, as, a, as, a, as church members, need to know the word of God. By the way, come on now, claiming ignorance does not keep us from being accountable. Yep. Let me say that again. Right. Okay, think about what I just said. Claiming ignorance does not keep us from being accountable. You don't think that's true? Go drive 100 mile an hour down 41 out here. Okay? And when a police officer pulls in behind you, okay, you say, oh, officer, I never saw speed limit signs. You think that's going to keep him from giving you a ticket? Oh, no. Ignorance of the law doesn't change the consequences of breaking the law. And by the way, if that's true at the laws of the land, that's even more so when it comes to the word, the commands of the Word of God. And that's why it's important I encourage you as, as the people of the church, listen, don't just take my word for it. Don't just take my word for it. You read your Bible, amen, and you make sure what I'm telling you backs up to the Word of God. Amen. That's why a lot of people are lending the false doctrine. That's why a lot of people, come on now, drink the proverbial Kool-Aid. Because they're not in the Word of God. And they get infatuated with the personality. And by the way, you know what, truth be told, there's a reason God calls us sheep. You know why? Because we're pretty stupid sometimes. Just be honest here, okay? Okay? We're just pretty dumb. We're gullible. You know, we, 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 we. You know what the society does? Bobbleheads everything. You don't think that's true? Look what happened in the last couple of years. Okay? If the government says it, oh, 
if, if I read it on the internet, it's got to be true. Oh, if, if CNN or Fox News says it, oh, it's the gospel. Come on, folks. Listen, no. God's given you discernment. You ought to have discernment. And listen, you ought to read the Word of God. You ought to know that when the preacher's preaching, you know what you ought to know? Hey, he's preaching what the Bible says. Amen? Amen. By the way, if I would preach something opposite of the Scripture, you ought to be so familiar with it that automatically alarm bells go off and say, ding, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. That's how familiar you ought to be with the Word of God. By the way, folks, let me tell you why it's so important that you make the, the, the commands of God a prominent thing in your life? Because guess what? Here's what the Bible says. Amen? As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God, so that every one of us, you know he's talking to? Christians! Every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. By the way, you know what? Jesus Christ, the standard he's going to use when we have to give an account to him one of these days? You know what it's going to be? It's going to be His Word. We will be judged according to what this book tells us to do and what this book tells us not to do. Amen? Listen, I'm not God. Okay? I don't, I don't make people do anything. Listen, I make myself try to do things because that's the control I have. But I can't make you do anything. I didn't make you come to church here this morning. You are here because by your own free volition you decided to come to church today. Amen? Listen, folks, what you do for God, you've got to choose to do, but you better remember this. All of us will give an account to God for it. Amen? Amen. And that's why as a preacher, I'm preaching truth, because if I will stand before you and give an account of it. Amen? I will stand before my Savior, the one who gave his life for me, the one who called me to preach, the one who gave me the opportunity to serve in this congregation, and I'll have to give an account to Him for the things that I preach and the things that I don't preach. So guess what? Guess who I'm interested in pleasing? It's Him. Amen? Amen. It's Him. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You can't afford to forget the prominence of God's commands in your life. But you know what you ought to be doing? Amen. You ought to be in this book every day. God, would you show me what you want me to do? Why I ought to be doing it? What I'm expected to do, God? Listen, God, how does He want me to live? Get your King James Holy Bible and it'll tell you. Amen. It'll tell you. You can't afford to forget it. So number one, you can't afford to forget the place He's brought us from. Number two, you can't afford to forget the prominence of His commands. And here's the last thing I want to leave you with this morning. You can't afford to forget the price that was paid. The price that was paid. Let me tell you something, folks. There's certain motivating things in a Christian life that if you will think about and you'll remember and you'll sink down in your mind, it'll motivate you to do what you ought to do. And by the way, this right here, for me, is one of them. Take your Bible. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is a pretty popular verse. We read it a lot around here. We have our Lord's Supper. This is the chapter I read from. And um, uh, uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I won't read the whole account. I usually do that every time we have communion service. But I'll just read a couple verses to you here. And this really explains why, if you know why, if you've been here during communion, because I'll tell you this, why we have communion. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, and when he had given thanks, talking about Jesus, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. Here you go. Here's what it says. This do in remembrance of me. Verse 25, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Notice here, This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
And you know, God instituted within the, the, the local New Testament church two ordinances. The first ordinance is the ordinance of baptism. And a baptism is what a, a person, after they get saved, they follow a believer's baptism because baptism associates you publicly with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. It's a picture. It's letting everybody know, hey, 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 Jesus wasn't ashamed of me when he hung on that cross. I'm not ashamed to publicly associate with him. And that water speaks of his death, being put under the water of his burial, coming out of the water is resurrection. That's all baptism is. By the way, there ain't no power in that baptism will take to wash away your sin. Ain't no power. If you're trying to add baptism to salvation, that's called a works-based salvation. Now, do I think baptism is important? Yes, it's the first step of obedience. But there's no cleansing power in the water. It's a public association with Jesus Christ. Amen? So baptism was the first ordinance. The second ordinance that he established is what we call the Lord's Supper. And it's uh, uh, when the church, and the Bible says as often as you do it, however the pastor decides to lead the church, when they do it, how they do it, that's up to the leadership of the pastor. Around here, we do it about four to five times a year, okay? And we have communion. What's the point of that? Why do we pass out the bread? Why do we have the juice? I'll tell you why. Because exactly the verse I just read to you, this do in remembrance of me. So we can have a set time as a church body. We stop. And we pause and we think about the price that was paid to redeem us. You can't afford to forget it, church. You can't afford to forget it. One of the most powerful truths there are in the Scripture is thinking about and reliving in your mind what Jesus Christ did to save us from our sins. Here's what he calls it in the book of Acts. He calls it his passion. His passion. Man, I love that phrase, his passion. He also calls it drinking from the bitter cup. When he's praying in the garden. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus Christ went through so much for us. Amen? And I don't think there's too many problems in the Christian life that couldn't be solved, that our, that our perspective couldn't be changed on, if we take time to remember Calvary. Amen? Remember what was done in order to save us, in order to wash us, in order to remove our sins as far as the east is from the west, for God to bury our sins in the depths of the sea. How about it, time to think about what Jesus did for you? When's the last time you did that? Hey, when's the last time you went back in your mind's eye and you saw what made it possible for us to be called the sons of God? When's the last time you took a journey through the Gospels and read the Gospel accounts of all that Christ suffered as He paid for our sins? When's the last time you saw Him prayed in the garden, sweating those great drops of blood? When's the last time you saw Him standing alone when those that were close to Him fled away and forsook Him? When's the last time you thought about Him being buffeted by the Roman soldier, saw Him being spat upon, His beard being plugged, the crown of thorns beaten to His brow? When's the last time you thought and saw in your mind's eye when he was stripped and he was and he was whipped with that cat of nine tails, he was scourged and literally the flesh was torn off his body. When's the last time you thought when Jesus began to trip up Calvary's robe bearing his cross, willing to lay out his hands and feet for Roman soldiers? The last time you thought about when that cross was dropped in the ground, his body came out of joint and he suffered just to take a breath. Every time he had to breathe, he suffered. He was suffocating and he hung on that cross for six hours. When's the last time you thought about that? When's the last time you thought about for the last three hours where God the Father turned out the lights because He didn't want to see humankind what was about to happen to His Son as He poured the wrath of my sin and your sin and the sins of the world upon His Son Jesus Christ and He literally became... When's the last time you thought about it? Amen? 
When's the last time you thought about as he hung there in his darkest hour of agony as he was forsaken by the Father and he was becoming sin? And one of the last things he did before he gave his life, he looked over and he forgave the thief. <laughs> When's the last time you thought about that? When's the last time you thought about as Jesus, as it was near the very end, he cried these precious, precious words, It is finished! And the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. And now we as mankind have direct access to the throne of God. When's the last time you thought about it? Oh, but I know we're too busy, aren't we? We're too busy wondering who liked our last post on Facebook. We're too busy thinking about that person that just looked at us wrong when we were wrong. We're too busy thinking about, you know, the church members we have all against and, and who said this about us and who's done that about us. Let me tell you something, folks. Truth be told, we live such pathetic, anemic Christian lives, don't we? Listen, we are, we are not participating in, we are not accessing the power God gives us to be successful in the Christian life. We're not accessing it. No, because you know why? We don't think enough. But by the way, think about this, all right? Think, right? Think about this. Isn't it amazing how the devil keeps us so preoccupied? Let me tell you one thing I can't stand. I want to punch every single time. is those stupid TV screens at the gas station. Oh, my goodness. You can't even pump gas in peace now. Everybody's trying to cram some message down your throat. They want to fill your mind with this, fill your mind with that. I mean, honestly, when I pump gas, I hit the clicker button and sit in my truck and shut the door. It drives me nuts. I don't want to hear their stupid mouth while I'm trying to pump gas. Almost a quiet time, amen? Let me tell you, that's why if you're going to have this time and you're going to take the time to think, you've got to do it on purpose. You've got to do it on purpose. You know, in a lot of people's household, the TV never goes off. Did you know that? They leave it on 24-7. Why do you think they, TVs are so cheap now? Why do you think they're so disposable? Because people go through so many of them. Because they've never shut the idiot box off. You know why? People don't want quiet time. They don't want to have to think and reflect upon their miserable lives and how that they're filling that hole in their heart with anything and everything except the only thing that can satisfy. And that the devil can keep noise. If the devil can keep everybody, their hearts and minds filled with this and that, they'll never stop time. They'll never have time to think and listen to the voice of God. And as a Christian, think about the price that was paid. Amen? I think it's interesting that when Jesus rose from the dead, and, uh, by the way, glorified body. Amen? Not the same body he went to the grave with. I can tell you that. New body. By the way, that gives us hope. The Bible says we're going to have a body fashioned like into his body. Can I get an amen there? Right? Come on now. I mean, all the things we deal with this in this life, all the aches and pains, all the, 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 the things because we're living in a broken down body. Amen? Jesus got his glorified body. But you know what? Something stuck with him. Listen to this verse. John 20, verse 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord talking to Thomas. By the way, let me just stop here and, 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 and uh, trace, ch chase a pastor rabbit trail for a minute. Amen? I do it from time to time. It's all good. All right? You know why Thomas, why Thomas uh, had to doubt it? And why Thomas, you know, uh, uh, missed seeing the Lord the first time? Because he wasn't there on the first day of the week when the disciples were gathered. But that's sick in for a minute. By the way, every time you miss church, you're missing something from God. Amen. You're missing something from God. Yeah. I mean, come on, folks, listen to me. Again, I love you. I love every single one of you. But some of you need to get more serious about your church attendance. Amen. 
Yes, you do. And you need a pastor who's going to tell you that. Yeah. By the way, you have one. Yeah. Remember I said you're going to be held accountable? When you put things in front of God on His day, by the way, it's not your day, it's His day, it's the Lord's day. You put things in front of God, you know what that becomes in your life? A little G God? Oh yeah. By the way, my Bible tells me that God's a jealous God. Right? A jealous God. By the way, I'll just tell you this. Next Sunday, it ain't going to be in church here. My family not going to be in church. Okay? When we go on vacation, we don't take vacations from church. Especially on the Lord's day. Amen? Amen. We're going to be there. All right? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's important. The reason Thomas missed it all, because he wasn't where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. Okay? Now listen, church, I love you. I really do. But you need to get more serious about your church attendance. God, listen, Jesus Christ, one of these days, are going to look at you and say, why do you take coming to my house more of a priority? Why wasn't I number one in your life and you let this and this and this and this be number one instead of me? Okay? Again, that's okay if it's quiet in here. Good. It ought to be. Conviction ought to flow where it needs to flow. Amen? I love you, folks. I do. I'm your pastor. Part of my job is to reprove, rebuke, exhort. God gives me the authority to do it. Amen? And I love you. And I'm going to pray for you. And whether or not, you're probably not going to personally hear me say boo to you. But some, from time to time, I come from the pulpit, and the Holy Spirit tells me to say things, and he told me to say that this morning. So wherever that needs to go at, let it sink down. Let the Holy Spirit convict your heart. And hey, if we need to change some things, let's change them. Amen? You know why Thomas missed it? He wasn't there. What was it he missed? He missed this. But he said to them, here's what he said, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. Oh, what an attitude. Oh, well, you know what? If I can't touch Jesus and I can't put my finger in his side, then I, then I ain't going to believe. It's kind of like a lot of people today. Well, if God don't do this for me, and God don't, I'm just not going to believe. How dare God trick me that way? Wicked, wicked attitude God's people have with him. Then said he to Thomas, when Jesus did come, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it at my side. Be not faithless. But believe it. By the way, you never read anywhere where Thomas did it. No, you know what he did when the Lord appeared? He did what all of us are going to do. Fall on our knees and realize how wicked we are. Fall on his knees, my Lord and my God. You know what Jesus said to him? He says, you know what? You you believe because you see. Blessed are those who believe without sin. Amen? Let me tell you something, folks. Okay? For all eternity, when you get to heaven, you get to see Jesus for the first time. I think about that day a lot. I th- I, I, we, me and the Lord were talking about this morning. And I said, Jesus, I'm talking with you now. I feel your presence in my life now. And I'm so thankful for that. Thank you for that. But Lord, one of these days, I, I just I can't wait till I actually get to see you with my eyes and touch you with my hands. And me and the Lord had a good time this morning. Amen. Now listen, folks, but when you do that for the first time and he gives you that hug that you're anticipating, you know what you're going to look at and see? Scars. For all eternity. They say the only thing that's going to be in heaven, man-made, is the scars that put Jesus on the cross. Let me tell you why we're going to see that, folks. Because for all eternity, He always wants us to remember the price that was paid for us to be there. And you can't afford to forget it. You can't afford to forget it. But how about it, church? We need to remember some things. Amen? This Memorial Day, y'all remember some things about this country. Amen? Listen, when you look at that flag, something will burn in your heart called patriotism. You ought to be thankful that you're an American. You ought to be thankful for the price that was paid for us to live in this great nation. But not just for our country. As a Christian, you ought to remember, you can't afford to forget the place He brought you from, the prominence of His commands, and the price that He paid for us. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning.